finish it up. It's now time for Mark's Side of the Ring, the pro wrestling podcast where three marks... I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Discuss pro wrestling like it's real. And now, here's Dick Ford. And Hogan, you big ball son of a bitch, kiss my ass! Joey Vegas. And Mike Madness. Oh yeah! This is Mark Side of the Ring. I'm Dick Ford. I am joined as I am each and every episode of Mark Side of the Ring. By the one, the only, the incomparable Joey Vegas. It's been too long. Been too long. And joining us on location, the one, the only, Mike Madness. Hey, yo. Now, before you get into the show, Mr. Dick Ford... You know what time it is. We have to have a little bit of survey time. And I want to know, for all the listeners out there, did you tune in today to hear that lame Joey Vegas? <laughs> or, or... Did all you out there in listener land tune in to see that badass Mike Madness? <laughs> Survey says one more for the good guy. That's right. We are uh, paying tribute to Scott Hall, who recently passed away due to complications from hip surgery. I uh, had three heart attacks in one night, and a couple of days later, they took him off off of uh, life support. So we felt that tonight would be a great night to do a tribute show to the one, the only, Scott Hall. So uh, we were all introduced to him as Razor Ramon in the 90s. He would go on to head over to WCW uh, and become Scott Hall. I mean, he was obviously the diamond stud before when he was in WCW, but he hits it big as Razor Ramon and then changes the business, helps revolutionize the business from an on-screen standpoint to a contractual standpoint when he jumps to WCW, him and, of course, Kevin Nash, and the rest, as they say, is history. Mike Madness Scott Hall is a guy that probably he lived, I would say, uh, a wild life as a man that's been on the doorstep of death uh, many times in the past, mainly due to his uh, poor choices. But uh, he's knocked on death's door and he always found a way to get out. Unfortunately, uh, this time was not the case. But uh, your thoughts on Scott Hall? Uh, you know, man, uh, he was one of those guys, like you said, right when I started getting in, and I've said it on the show before, how I kind of gravitated and got really hardcore into wrestling in about 1992. And that's exactly 
when Razor Ramon came on the scene. So from my earliest memories of really being in hardcore to wrestling, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, he was there. He was there all the way through, uh, through some of the biggest moments, uh, like we'd said, um, coming in from uh, WWF into WCW to start the NWO and everything else there and after in between. So it's tough because it's, uh, you know, you take it uh, at a personal level as someone that you grew up watching, you see it as part of your youth kind of dying and going away. We've had that with a lot of other wrestlers that die. And as a fan of the business, I know a lot of guys uh, feel that type of uh, loss when somebody goes in their own personal uh, fandom there. So I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Yeah, Joey Vegas, uh, your thoughts on on Scott Hall? Well, obviously, it's you know it's a it's a big loss to us, almost you know mid thirties. Uh, or older well, yeah, uh, we're, people. We're past the mid-30s. Listen, listen we do, we're, we're kayfabing this. So <laughs> we're let's the, s- settle down. I wish we were mid-30s. <laughs> settle down. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a big loss. I, I am surprised, like you mentioned, how many times that he was uh, on death's door uh, from his uh, drug abuse and, and different things, that it took hip surgery, routine hip surgery, that – the doctor effed up on uh, and didn't give him the proper blood thinners or whatever the case may be, and a blood clot is what ended up actually killing him. So that's that's what I find ironic is, you know, he didn't die of, you know, I mean, obviously it took a toll, his drug abuse, but what ultimately did kill him was the doctor or surgeon kind of screwing up and not doing what he could to prevent blood clots. So... We have a store, as you guys may or may not know, on Pro Wrestling Tees. And there is a store, um, there's a Scott Hall t-shirt being sold by Pro Wrestling Tees where all the proceeds go to uh, Scott Hall's children. So, and it's a really cool looking shirt. I might actually purchase it. Are you buying one for the show? I I might buy one for me. Oh, Um, so you're being a jerk. Yeah. Uh, But you can buy a Mark Side of the Ring shirt. Um, Vegas, I, I, did you throw yours away? No, I still have it. You just never wear it. I will wear it when we're live, when we're live on video, I'll wear it. And we'll be live on video when madness is able to be seen. Yeah, I'm getting a webcam, and I'm also going to go and check eBay for that old-school Razor Ramon shirt from, like, the mid-'90s, that, that, like, hideous fucking loud gold one with his face on it, and and it was was just ugly as shit, but I kind of want it. So I'll buy my – I'll get my mic – or, excuse me, my uh, video cam, and I will buy that shirt as well and potentially wear that for the very first episode. We are able to have our beautiful faces showing. So. Yes. Yeah. So we can um, and we will at some point go live on Twitch when we're doing like a live a live taping, as uh, they used to say in the biz. So uh, but anyway, I felt like we felt like uh, tonight would be a great night to collectively. Now, we like to do a lot of lists on the show where I do a list. Vegas does a list. Madness does a list. Um, but tonight. We put our brains together. We just came up with the top three uh, Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall moments. And Madness earlier mentioned 1992, height of his fandom. I was a few years earlier. However, I do remember uh, Razor Ramon coming into the WWF. So I felt like what would what what could possibly uh, it, it, um, 
how do I want to say Vegas? What what could possibly encapsulate the Razor Ramon um, run in the WWF? But those great vignettes that they did because they were madness. They were known for those great vignettes with Razor, the Mister Perfect vignettes, the Million Dollar Man stuff. Uh, this was the era of the of the vignette. Absolutely. And I used to love those early on. I used to watch him. I get a good laugh out of him these days. He's trying to do the Tony Montana uh, accent. He's real hard, real heavy, and he's beating up people around town, stealing, stealing fruit off of, uh, tr- off of uh, like carts and shit and, uh, and driving out cars and, his, and everything. It was amazing. You know, I was like, well, who's this character? This was a little edgier for the time, too. He was a little ahead of his time, I thought, that character as well. And I believe, Vegas, and I, and I may be wrong, but I believe um, that... Razor pitched this character to McMahon and McMahon had no idea who Scarface was and had McMahon known who Scarface was probably doesn't allow this character to happen. That, yeah, that's, that's what I, cause heard. this is 92. Yeah. He wouldn't. Yeah. Vince McMahon. But I, I think Hall, Scott Hall like pitched it to McMahon because he loves Scarface and he, he did the voice. And from what, I've heard from many of the tributes and, and tweets and all of these videos, different things is, is once he did the voice, maybe I was like, that's it. And he didn't, he didn't know Scarface. He just saw a hall and said, we're doing it. So I grabbed four vignettes that we're going to play the audio uh, for. And uh, this is the buildup to the debut of Razor Ramon. Take a look at me. I am Razor Ramon. I am somebody important, man. Me? I'm like Adam in the Garden of Eden. I'm the only real man. Everybody, they want to be like me. Little kids, they want to grow up and be like me. Bambinos, forget about school. What you learn in a book cannot make you like Razor. You want to be like Razor? You got to do like Razor. You just take whatever you want. You got a problem with me taking whatever I want? And if there's anybody else who don't like me taking whatever I want, in the WWF, we're going to have a really big problem, Chico. So um, that's one, and I have a couple more to play, but I also I want to interrupt that to say a couple of things that I've noticed around on Twitter. Those vignettes, they must have taped one of those vignettes, and then we might play the audio. I don't know which one it's from, but 
there was um, they were clearly in a black community when they did one of those vignettes, and Scott Hall stayed after and like hung out with the kids and was really cool with the kids. And one of the kids that was there at the at the shoot has a picture of Scott Hall hanging out on the front step surrounded by all these black kids. And she was like, you know, she said like Scott Hall cared about the community, cared about the culture. And now they put on a t-shirt. I actually might buy one of those t-shirts. And I saw another story where a, a Latina girl said that her mother found out that he had died and wept. And because she thought that Scott Hall was a Latino and he was a part of that community (laughs) and they had lost their own. And then even when the daughter was like, mom, he really wasn't a Latino. She said, it doesn't matter. He's Latino in my heart. And she cried. I was like, damn, like this woman cried. Probably hasn't seen Scott Hall wrestle in, in 20 years, but uh, he was able to um, draw that kind of emotion. I think, you know, a prominent character uh, that sounded like, you know, sounded like people, you know, sounded like a Latino kid sitting at home. He's like, oh, that kid talks like me or, or sorry, that guy talks like me and looks like me, even though he was just a white dude. Well, he, he talked like Tony Montana, and he looked like Manny Ray from Scarface. So he, he kind of had the look and build of Manny, and he sounded like uh, Tony Montana. It was uh, a bunch of Cubans, and I can see why people would think that. Ramon. Razor Ramon. I come from the gutter. I know that. I got no education. Who needs it? Look at me. Look at me. Look at the gold. Look at my clothes. I'm a success. I'm coming to the WWF. All I want is what I got coming to me. The world, Chico. Uh, Vegas, over the last, oh, I don't know, six months, how many times have I used the word Chico? You use Chico every day. I know. Yeah, you, you use Chico every day. What? <laughs> and it's not even, a, and it's not even, I'm not even paying tribute to, no. to Scott Hall like right now. I've been using that word for months. Yes. Because it stuck with me. It has. Yeah. From 1992, Chico. Yeah. I, I looking at that vignette though it was funny because I'm like they didn't have overhead boom mics at the time because he's wearing a microphone like yeah. looking back at it now yeah. I'm like <laughs> you wearing, like yeah he's wearing a, a, a microphone clip to his uh, yeah. sport coat that kind of kills the whole vignette a little bit there seeing that but hey we we have imaginations as wrestling fans you have to well when you're well when you're a kid yeah I don't know how the right. adults reacted at that so point but this video this next vignette is titled chicas are for fun so I'm sure this is going to be I'm sure this is going to be good. To Miami Beach, Florida, with Razor Ramon. 
Take a look at Ray. We should file a oh. claim. Oh, I played an ad. Hold on. The YouTube Whoa. ad got you. Yep. I, pl- I watched them earlier, so I didn't think they would hit me with an ad. But they oh. did. I, I, I played them earlier. Here we go. I'm living the good life, man. Me? I know how to relax, chico. I'm living I like a king. Night. I called you. You never called me back. I thought we had something going. No, chica, you don't understand. You have something. You have a good time. I'm through with you now. Get out of here. I'm through with you. Adios. Man, the chicas, they're for fun. I probably scar her heart for life. That's too bad. I come into the WWF, not for fun. You step into the ring with Razor Ramon, it's strictly business, Chico. I'm not going to scar your heart. Oh, no. I'm going to scar your soul. I am Razor Ramon. El Jefe. El Jefe, obviously meaning the boss. For those of you that... Uh, yeah, threw in a little bit of uh, the, the word scar in there, a little innuendo maybe uh, into his, uh, his character. Yeah. So this last one here is titled Razor and His Cadillac. Say hello to Razor Ramon. Check my ride, man. He's a Cadillac, man. Custom made for Razor. You know, Chico, 90 miles away, they're living like pigs. They're living in squalor, man. They're eating garbage. People telling them what to do. Nobody telling Razor Ramon what to do, man. Nobody. I coming to the WWF. Nobody going to stop me. Nobody going to tell Razor Ramon what to do. El Jefe. Razor Ramon. So I felt like his character work as Razor Ramon, the collective, is the third uh, highlight, the top three, top third highlight of his of his career. That character work was was amazing. Absolutely, yeah. He definitely. And I'll tell you. Something. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to tell you something real quick. Uh, you know, in '92 is when I really started going to a lot of house shows over at the Rosemont Horizon. You know, my dad would take me. My dad was not a wrestling fan. 
not at all. I mean, he could get into it and enjoy the show, but he was never really somebody that like looked forward to anything. He's just taking his kid to do something, you know. But when Razor Ramon showed up at One House Show, he was intrigued by this guy. He loved the toothpick. He was like, yeah, I like that guy with the toothpick. And he's going to throw it in his face. He's like, yeah, Razor Ramon, he's good. So, like, whenever we would go to our shows, you know, my dad and I could bond a little bit more and, and have a little bit more of a better tight Razor's up next. He's, in, and he's playing blah, blah on the card. So it was really cool to see him, you know, kind of have some interest in the show. And it was strictly Razor Ramon. It was his guy. And it was really cool. So that was just a little... Uh, extra nugget about the guy and how I had helped me even connect to my father a little bit more as a kid. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely, when you think of, you know, all time great characters and obviously if, if razor uh, Scott was, was Latino, then it's a lot easier to do what he did. But the fact that he made people believe that he was Latino when he actually wasn't, I think speaks volume. Yeah, of- real Latinos. Thought he was yeah. Latino. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You hit it right on the head there, Joey Vegas. That's exactly. That's how you do a promo. That's how you sell your character. You can make people believe that and not see the kayfabe and all that in there. That's that's good quality work. Exactly. And uh, you know what else is kind of strange and what kind of maybe hits the old school wrestling fan a little harder if you really think about it. He's part of two of the main factions uh, in wrestling history, two of the biggest ones, really ones behind the scenes is the click. And the other one is the NWO, Hogan Hall and Nash, if you take that, them as a, as a, uh, a unit. Uh, you'll never see either one in their whole form ever again now. That's uh, with him gone. Uh, you'll never see the NWO in their initial form. You'll never see the five guys in the click uh, together as one ever again. Uh, so his death kind of uh, took two different major factions and, uh, you know, leaves an open gap, something we'll never see again. So so I, I put up on our uh, Instagram, which is Mark's side of the ring. You can follow us on the gram. If anybody wanted to say anything about Scott Hall, because we were going to do the tribute show, we were going to record the tribute show tonight. Somebody messaged me at the land of the extreme message in and say hey sorry to bother you guys which is not a bother it's never a bother uh just wanted to see if you guys can touch on or find out why scott only wore a custom elbow pad on his left elbow and he sent five pictures where he only has a custom elbow pad on his left elbow Mm -hmm. That has to be done on purpose, but I don't know the answer to that. And we'd have to, I'll have to investigate uh, to find out if I could figure out why. Madness, if you log into our Instagram and look at the message from the land of the extreme, you will see the pictures and absolutely only his left elbow pad is custom and the other, his right is just a black. Yeah, I noticed that, uh, but never really questioned it. So I will have to do some digging and see if I can find anything. If I can't find it while we're on the air, I will uh, figure that out as best I can and post it out on our Instagram. Well, yeah, thank you for that. Land of the extreme. Thank you for that message. That's, that's an interesting question. It is, because I never even, it's something I never even noticed. Yeah. Until I, he pointed it out to me. Obviously done on purpose, because I'm, I'm assuming he would... Not do it not on purpose for all those years. Yeah, if it was one picture, then yeah, no, whatever, it's it's but. it's it's uh, he's in the Razor gimmick, he's in Scott Hall's gimmick, he's in TNA, <laughs> and he still has a custom one on the left and a regular one on the right. 
So the number two moment of the Scott Hall career that I felt we needed to highlight, and in this case we're going to watch, would be the WrestleMania 10 ladder match against Shawn Michaels to figure out who the real Intercontinental Champion is. Now, this isn't the first ladder match because Bret Hart does one in Calgary. Bret Hart started it all, by the way. Everything. So, while this isn't the first ladder match, this is the first ladder match in North America on a grand scale, this being WrestleMania 10, live from Madison Square Garden on March 20th, 1994. So I figured it's an 18-minute and 47-second match. It'd be great to watch it because it's a match that not only is the first, it set the standard, and it was absolutely tremendous. And I will pull it up while we're watching it because I'm curious as to what our, our Uncle Dave gave it in terms of uh, star ratings. I mean, I, I would assume it was it would be high. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, at least four and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, every ladder match that is done today is always compared to this ladder match. Always. They say, is it better I, than, I you know, Razor... Michaels. I get a little pissed off because some people have referred to it as a, as a match where Shawn Michaels had a match with a ladder, which kind of shits on Scott Hall, in my opinion, because he was pretty relevant in that match. So uh, when they do that, sometimes they suck Michaels dick a little too hard, to be honest with you. And throughout the industry, I think he's one of the most overrated uh, here, but uh, anyways, I'm not going to get into that on this type of episode, but I do think razor deserves his credit for this match for sure. Well, it, it takes two to tango. Every pro wrestler will ever will would ever tell you that, and the people that are saying that you know Michaels had you know a match with the ladder obviously don't know anything because if as uh, you know Ford always says when it comes to broadcasting, as much as I hate uh, certain broadcasters, their peers love them, so you know they have to be good. So if you have the peers in the business of Scott Hall saying that you know. They worked very well together, and he, you know, held his his own. Then you know it's got to be, you know, both have to work their asses off. So the answer I've already figured it out. It's five stars. Meltzer gave this match five stars. So five stars doesn't well, happen with Ladder well worth, versus Michaels. Well worth it. Well worth it, especially in nineteen ninety four. Yeah i i I wonder if this is one of the top five or maybe maybe top ten I don't know maybe top five top ten matches that people go back and watch like generation wise I, I think the number one match that I, I've gone if you t- pick a Wrestlemania match that I've gone back and watched the most it's TLC 2 from Wrestlemania 17 I think that's the best match to go back and watch and to be honest with you I don't even know this ladder match Michaels and uh, Razor might not even be the best match on the card because Owen and Brett fought in the opener I don't know which match you it depends what you like more. You know, you like a ladder match with that involved, or you like more of a technical wrestling match. It really depends on what you think. But those two matches were the show at WrestleMania 10. So you could fire up your Peacock network. Um, I don't know 
where it's at in the Peacock Network because I don't have the Peacock Network. But uh, if you do, I'm sure you know how to get there. And you'll get there at one hour, 53 minutes, and 46 seconds will be the start of Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels to unify the Intercontinental Championship. Now, there's two belts hanging up. Um, The winner will be the Undisputed. I don't think that uh, the winner of this match carries around two belts like stupid Sammy Guevara has been doing in AEW, but uh, I digress. Hey, Jericho <laughs> did it in WWE 20 years ago still. Yeah, but, undisputed title stuff. But those were two different titles that Sammy Guevara has been carrying around two TNT titles that literally look the same, even though he oh, won yeah. a, unific- a, a match that made him the undisputed champion. For some reason, he was still carrying around two belts. Well, no it doesn't sense. make sense anymore. Yeah, it does wrestling sense. these days. All right. So let's fire it up. One hour, 53 minutes and 46 seconds. And we will have our colleague there, Mike Madness, give us a three, two, one play countdown. And then we'll all hit play and we'll all watch what we think is the top two, number two moment of Scott Hall's career. All right. We ready? Mm hmm. All right. Three, two, one, play. So the belt is suspended above the ring. Belts. Multiples. Oh, sorry, belts. I wish we could hear the uh, the audio, because I, I, I loved Razor's theme music. Oh, it was good. <laughs> so. It was good. Honestly, yeah, I... Yeah, it was up there. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. I haven't done it yet. Um, but I've been in I've been in uh, serious contemplation of purchasing um, WWE 2K22, and uh, I might just to be able to play with Razor Ramon. They, everybody that I've seen says it's awesome. And I don't, I don't know if it is. I don't have it. I don't have PS5, nor do I have PS4 or Xbox, anything. But everybody says it's, it's an awesome game. Now, here's the best Shawn Michaels gimmick he ever had <laughs> yeah. is 93, 92, 94 Shawn Michaels. This is the best. The attires are the best. The hair's the best. The sunglasses are the best. The attitude's the best. This is the best Shawn Michaels. You could take your your early 2000s run, uh, I believe in Jesus, Shawn Michaels, and you could stick them straight up your ass. I will take attitude, drug-doing Shawn Michaels over that Bible-thumper Shawn Michaels any day of the week. And, and that, that mullet is amazing. And here comes Nash, too. Uh, Diesel's out there with another quality mullet. And right, Razor right. Marone also has a mullet. So did Sean Waltman. The, the, the click was the, the mullet crew until, until Hunter came in. It was the mullet crew. And we should probably do a Mount Rushmore of wrestling mullets one of these days. Because I think that would be a fucking great show. And I damn well will kick anyone's ass to this and say that Ricky Morton is not that. Absolutely. Um, the attire. Sean Michaels. Shawn Michaels is business in the front, party in the back, all the, day here. The attire Shawn Michaels is wearing with the with the patches and the the hearts, the heartbreak kid. That is the best 
Shawn Michaels, I, you know, the Bible thumper Shawn doesn't do it for me. I want the Shawn that politics, starves guys at the back, does drugs, and bangs Sonny on the side. That's the <laughs> Shawn Michaels that I want. I'm more of a Rockers guy. Let's go with the Rockers, with the Rockers version of Shawn Michaels. So here's Razor. He goes under the ladder. That's a bad sign. Is that foreshadowing? Maybe. Years of bad luck, right? You get seven. Is it seven years of bad luck? No, that's if you or break it, a window. Is it just bad luck then? It's just bad luck to go under a ladder. You can't sit here and look at Razor Ramon and tell me this isn't even one of the best characters that they've ever produced out of here. Just his look, like he could be a baby face, a heel, whatever it is. He's just cool as shit, man. Yeah, and the razors on the the razors on the knee pads. Mm-hmm. And the trunks. And the trunks. Chico. I got gold on my neck. I got gold on my fingers, and I'm gonna have gold around my waist. I don't Remember even. That? I did not even know what those razors were for when I was a kid. Obviously, <laughs> this is and for the record, this is ninety. He's wearing gold. I'm not he's even wearing eleven a lot of gold. yet. I'm almost eleven. In two months to the day, I'm eleven years old. So I'm still ten. And uh, I have no idea that we're chopping up Yayo with those razors. Had no clue. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Madison Square Garden sold out to the rafters. It's a happening, as Gorilla would tell us. Oh, it's a happening indeed. And, and we had WrestleMania 1, 10, and 20 at the Garden, and I believe that's the last one. And I don't think we'll ever see one again because they're now committed to stadiums, yes? No, it'll be MetLife. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll ever be a Madison Square Garden again. The, I mean, I could see them running it for like a WrestleMania 40, but that's even coming up in a couple of years, believe it or not. Yeah, it's 38 this year. Uh, it? Yeah. It's like, it's two nights now. It's all kinds of all kinds of. And it's too much now. They they can't contain it in this uh, smaller arena. I, I don't. I mean, because well, forty I could would make see, sense. Yeah, I could see one, what what Mendes is saying. Yeah, 10, one. 20, 40 would make sense to do it at MSG. But yeah, I mean, Vince would have to do three nights at MSG to make to to think he's breaking even. But I, I as much as the stadium shows are big, huge spectacles, big choke slam. I, th- there's something. I mean. Obviously, I have no love loss for MSG, but the fact any arena that's you know not a big state—I don't know. There's just something about watching pro wrestling in an arena because even though these stadiums, yeah, you might have ringside seats and stuff like. There's nobody in this in MSG right now watching this match uh, in '94 that doesn't have at least a decent view. I mean, it might be way up there, but I mean, you're talking when you're talking football stadiums. I mean, they're looking like ants. You have to watch it on a screen. So, I don't know. To me, there's nothing like having a sta- uh, arena show well, right yeah, in a stadium. It's far more intimate, but that also, McMahon would have to jack the ticket prices up through the roof to, to, to get to a point to where he would want to run a show like this. He doesn't even want to run the Rumble in an arena anymore. The yeah. Rumble is not with stadium show. Um, they're doing... They're doing the the uh, the the Death Star where the Raiders play. They're doing Money in the Bank there. Yeah, I mean they're running. Yeah, it, there's no way. No, I know there's no way. But even even I can't. I've I've already talked myself out of WrestleMania 40 being at at Madison Square Garden. It would never happen. What about next year though? Being in LA, you're gonna go to Maybe. Uh, WrestleMania. Maybe just to say you've been to a WrestleMania, whether it's even though it's not 
this WrestleMania, kind of WrestleMania? Yeah. I don't know. Go to Sometimes those, those arena shows, the, the, the crowd sounds louder. Sounds like there's 70,000 people in there sometimes just because the way it's structured in the older, smaller arenas. At least that's what some of these guys have said. I've heard them say that the Allstate Arena is one of their favorite spots to go here in Chicago. Oh, but yeah. Uh, Hebner just tossed Diesel, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, they're tossing the, the big man, the seven-footer. Now, technically, He's technically, he could get involved because there's no disqualifications, but Earl Hebner is is putting his foot down. He's he's being the authority, the authority here, and, and uh, he has thrown Diesel from ringside. So now Sean, with no bodyguard, has to go one-on-one, mano-a-mano, with El Jefe. Which all three of those guys, you know, obviously click members there. So this had to be like a a night off going out and working uh, with your best buds at WrestleMania 10. The razor removes the form, exposing the concrete. Oh, no, on the concrete. Yeah, I just love this Shawn Michaels attire, this gimmick. This Shawn is my favorite Shawn. I mean, the DX Shawn was pretty good, though, too. Fuck that. All right. (laughs) I mean, sure, because of Suck It, but... Well, some of their promos were outstanding. I know, but I loved this... This Shawn Michaels, and I think maybe I love it because it's the first Shawn Michaels. It's the first solo Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i not saying it's bad. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, but the fact that you think DX is, is wrong, that, you know, tells me that you just think whatever you say is right and what everybody else says is wrong. No, I mean, I get it. DX was good. DX was popular, but DX was probably more popular or DX became better when it was the when Sean wasn't in the group. Yes, I could I could see that. Right? I I'm not saying DX as a whole. I'm just saying that his DX persona, but I do agree the- I did enjoy it. But see, hold on a second. Let me cut you off because that DX Sean is still Drug doing, sunny banging, true. Shawn Michaels, true. And then when he leaves, and then he comes back, and he's born that's again. That's the when Shawn it goes downhill. I didn't like. Yeah, the but, born again yeah. Shawn was boring. The DX Shawn was this Shawn Michaels magnified ego, yeah. massive. He had no, he couldn't control himself after a while. He was he was gone, egotistically. He was history. He was a. A clown to work with. He couldn't find his 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 smile and all that garbage. He didn't want to drop titles. I'm sorry. I have low respect for Shawn Michaels. Always have. Yeah, you've even, you know, long before we started doing this show, you've always said to me that uh, Shawn Michaels was on your list of most overrated Look, I, I ain't going to sell him short in the ring. He's a great worker. He's one of the best in the ring. But when, when it comes to, to saying he's Mr. WrestleMania and the all-time great, no, no, I'm sorry. He's not. Do you want a top 20? Fine. I'll put him in the top 20. But that's it. Not even close. And uh, why don't you give our, uh, our 
listeners a little bit of an update on where you're tracking their dicks, just to make sure we're all on the same page. I'm at uh, 0204262727. Okay. So two hours, four minutes, and 31, 32, 33. Is that where you're at? Yep, exactly. Perfect. And now he's just throwing, Michael's just throwing the, throwing the ladder. Yep. Using it as a weapon. Are these gimmick ladders? Is this a gimmick ladder? This looks like a Warner ladder yeah. to me, don't it? Hey, that's what it looks I like. I can't tell. Yeah, I'd assume I, it is. I think this looks like it's just a straight, like, Warner ladder that you could pick up from Home Depot. I think once they start getting the black ladders yeah. is when they started really gimmicking the ladders. Yeah. This That's, is like just some ladder they had laying around Madison yeah, Square Garden. I don't think this, yeah. yeah, I don't think they know even enough about this match to even gimmick ladders. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I didn't this, even know what they were going to do. This is where we see Sean's ass. Oh, yes. my goodness. Yeah, right there. there it is. This is uh, I mean, his whole ass. This ladder still has the stickers on the side of it. Yeah. They didn't even, like, yeah. repaint this ladder. No, this is literally just, hey, what do you got back there? Or have one of your yeah. goons go over to Home Depot and get something for us Was right Home now. Home Depot around in 94? Or would it have been, like, an Ace Hardware? Ace Hardware. Ace, Ace Hardware. Hardware. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe a Menards? No, they didn't have Menards out that way, did they? No. Mm-mm. So, a scoop and a slam. Yeah, we did get to see Shawn Michaels' bare ass. You, you know the girls let out a screech. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe a few of the guys, too. I saw Joey Vegas' eyes light up a little bit. Oh, yeah. I was a, yeah. Shawn did do Playgirl. Yeah. Shawn did do Playgirl. I did forget you got to see his, uh, his bare ass. Yeah, I did. So, I was kind of excited yeah. about that. But madness. He, of course, Madness remembered. Oh, he always remembers. Oh. Absolutely, that's my background on my phone right now. <laughs> Big high spot there with the with the with the with the uh, splash, the snooker splash, because it was not a five star frog splash back then. It was the the snooker splash, which ironically enough was also in Madison Square Garden. That was a big big moment there. That was a big spot, but uh, been outdone by Jeff Hardy many times there. Yeah, that's why. I mean, the the spots in ladder matches are you know. Many spots have long passed the spots in this match, uh-huh. but it's the spots that these guys did in this match which gave them something to try and top. Right. And I don't think you can show a young, maybe 15-year-old wrestling fan right now this match, and they, they're probably going to shit on it. They're probably going to yeah. be bored because because, they, because they, it's just not what what it is anymore and, and it's a shame because they, we they, can go back we can go back mentally and say hey okay i, re- I remember what the yes. business was like i remember this, this nostalgically well uh, a 15 year old can't watch it in 94's eyes because a 15 year old wasn't around in 94 but having us have been around in 94 uh, we could go back and go no no this match was revolutionary I'm sure there are some young lads out there who will be able to appreciate this match, but they're definitely more of the hardcore fan variety and not the, what do they call them? What do they call the fans that aren't hardcores? Uh, I, I, casual fans. Casual, casual shit. Thank you. Right, you're right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak for all of the youth like that. I'm sure there are plenty of guys who are fans came into the current day in the last 10 years and, and 
can go back and appreciate this stuff. I, I, I would, if I can go back and, and appreciate some stuff from the late seventies, early eighties, then Hey, why not? Right. Yeah. But I, I would think most kids these days or teenagers th- these days would, other than the hardcore fans. Yeah. They would kind of look at this and be like, mm, no, we need more, uh, you know, swantons and tables and 18,000 ladders and all that stuff. I don't even think there's blood in this, is there? I don't, I don't believe so. there is any blood in this match. Oh, no, not oh, any. Geez. Michaels took a good spot there. Yeah. Do we have anybody remember hearing an interview or anything about how they felt after this match? Not in terms of what they felt about the match, but the the bumps and bruises from the match that we... Anything significant? Anything? Because nothing comes to my mind of hearing these guys talk about any kind of how they felt after this. Any kind of feeling? I, I don't. I don't think their characters lend it to that. At least not on the, on screen. I don't think they were going to talk like that. No, I mean, no, no. I was, meant like uh, in a, like an interview since they've since they're all retired. Oh, and like in a non kayfabe deal. Yeah, like in a shoot yeah. interview. Oh shoot! No, I haven't heard anything. And okay. I'm not saying it never happened, but I haven't heard anything okay. myself. How about you, Chico? I have not heard anything. I want to watch that. There's a, there's a. Oh, that was a great. I love the catapult. Oh, and that's even even added a little taste to it there. By falling backwards with the ladder, I, I there's a oh, yeah. there's some kind of Razor Scott Hall documentary thing on the network that uh, I think it's like 20 minutes long. It could be longer, um, but I, I saw it. Best of is it? I don't know. I can't even tell you, but it looks like it's one of those like documentary type style uh, productions there. And I want to check that out. And cause you know, so they're going to talk about this match. Oh yeah. You know, we could talk about this match too, but you know, it's another decent one happened later in the year, but I'm surprised how, how, how good it actually turned out. And I was there for it. SummerSlam 1994 United center. First event at the United center. Either you guys uh, go to that event. I was not, I, I was one. not there. I was there. We had uh, Razor Ramon with uh, Walter Payton and uh, going against Diesel with Michaels in his corner. I thought it was actually, I mean, it's nowhere near this, this ladder match, obviously, but for, for, for what Nash is limited to do and, uh, you know, shows that, you know, him and Razor had some decent work together. And uh, I thought it was overall a pretty good match uh, for the Intercontinental belt. I, va- um, I vaguely remember, but I will go back and watch that tomorrow. Yeah. It- it's not one of those, hey, I'm going to bring up this match, you got to see it kind of matches, but it was pretty good with, with Peyton being there and given the whole storyline and all. I, I And me being there as a kid, I have a little bias towards it. Uh, but it was a cool moment to see uh, Razor and Walter Peyton. I was right by the entrance of the of SummerSlam in 94. I was right by the entrance, and I was able to see those guys walk back together. It was just a cool sight Are to you see on the Razor. And they're... What's that? Are you yeah, on the you can. Yeah, but you won't know it's me. I know it's me, but you can't see it. It's it's shade. It's a little shaded. I it's like some oh. some eleven year old kid in a white shirt. Okay. But uh, I, I'm on the network, so gotcha. I'm there, big time, big time. Mike Madness on the network. Yeah, watch out. Yeah, you got uh, this is always classic seeing the two guys at the top of the ladder duke it out. You know, the crowd always marked out for this kind of shit. This is the first and time. Exactly. Oh. Suplex oh. right oh. off. Oh. oh, and you know that wasn't supposed to happen. 
What a bump. I mean, it could have supposed to happen, but I didn't look like it. What a bump there by, by Sean. Again, remembering that all these bumps are first of their kinds. Nobody's bumped off a ladder before. No, no, sir. This is the first. Now, El Jefe's back up there, but Sean's getting to his feet. That that name never stuck with him, El Jefe. Was he was he supposed to uh, have that be his like El Jefe, Reza Ramon? Was that supposed to be like his <laughs> the game Triple H? Was he supposed to go he by El Jefe? He called himself El Jefe twice in yeah. those vignettes. Yeah, I don't know. Man, those were some good times in wrestling. All this. Now Razor went to grab the titles and he missed, and now they're just swaying in the wind. Oh, and Sean oh. Sean knocks the ladder over just right on top of Razor. <laughs> what a great spot that was! That was cool. But yeah, this looks just just like a, a Werner ladder. Yeah, because it's all bent that they picked up from the hardware store. They didn't even repaint it. It's Ooh. just orange. It's a great super kick by Sean. Now, ask you guys a question while we're doing this. I've, I've asked this before, I believe, to both of you, maybe. Uh, but uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, with, with between 1992 and 2002, within WCW or WWF, this guy should have had a run at the top, even if it was a short-lived one. I think he had the look. He had the he had the uh, the promo ability. He had the in-ring work. He had it all. I I. I and I don't believe he didn't need it. Like we said before, I think it's more of an award. And I think, man, he had all the politics on his side and he, in all the, both organizations, how did he never hit a rise at the top there? You know? Well, our very own JCD feels like, and you'll hear him later on in this show with the PW 120, but he feels like Scott Hall should have beat sting on that run in 98. I think it was 98. They had a pay-per-view match for the title. And uh, JCD feels like Scott Hall should have won that match. Um, yeah, I, I saw a headline from one of the, the uh, cringe wrestling sites that said that Shawn Michaels did an interview where he talked about how Razor didn't need the title. And I hate that. I, I can't I know. stand that. No, everybody needs the title. And let me tell you something. You had a, a one year from like... 90, late 94 into late 95, one of the worst years collectively in, in WWF. It was terrible. You had Diesel the whole time as a champion, the whole fucking time. You couldn't find a way to have him feud with Razor. They had a decent match at SummerSlam 94 that I just talked about. You couldn't get a feud in there to get this guy the belt. I don't know. They, they were both baby faces, I guess, so it wouldn't have worked out, but something could have happened there, shake up the business a bit. But it was floundering. And I mean, you had a great time to put Razor Ramon on top right through those, through those that year i think uh dusty Rhodes said that if you don't want to be champion you're in the wrong business or something like that some kind of quote don't quote me um i don't like when guys in the business say oh uh you know he didn't for the guys that didn't win the title oh he didn't need it ted dibiase he didn't need it ted dibiase was going to be nwa world champion you're going to tell me that Ooh. that was a great spot. Oh. The first. Right on, right on the nuts. Yep. The first top rope, the top rope crotch spot in history. And then he gets hung up there. And then he gets hung up perfectly. What a great, what a great sequence. Uh, yeah. I hate when guys in the business 
talk about guys who never won world titles when they should have. When all the fans are like, yeah, he should have. And then the, <clears throat> the guys in the business are like, ah, oh, no, he didn't need it. Pritchard, the it, my, king of that. My opinion is Scott Hall, for me, is probably <laughs> the top guy I can name that should have had a run with the WWF or the WCW world championship there it at is. some point. We, we got a winner. That was a good finish getting Sean hit his nuts smashed against the ropes, tied up in it, and then having to steal the ladder away from him while he's trying to grab it from him. Beautiful finish. Great match. That match never gets old to watch. I'll tell you that right now. Nope. No. And then that is the perfect finish because it doesn't diminish anything from Michaels. He got caught up in the rope. Nothing he can do. You know, he didn't get yep. You know, pinned. Well, obviously, you're not going to get pinned, but you know what I mean. He, he didn't get uh, the razor's edge or anything like that. It was just got caught up, couldn't get out of it. Yeah, it was a great heel way to keep a heel strong and uh, and give a babyface his title and a good good WrestleMania moment right there. I think that's what it's all about. That was a solid match. It always will be. Well, yeah, not I mean, the last time. Not the last time we'll watch that one. No, and I and I think you you know what good matches are because. We're still talking about it in 2020. Obviously, yes, because Scott Hall just died. But even if he didn't just die, we talk about that match all the time. It's 2022, by the way. Did I say what did I say? 2020. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, 2000. We were talking about then too. Yeah, we were talking about it in 2020 as well, and we'll talk about it in 2030. Yes, we will. If the Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, as my grandma used to say. <laughs> okay. So, so that's our number two Scott Hall moment, and our. Number one Scott Hall moment, I feel like, is when they started the uh, changing of the business, the uh, revolutionizing the business on May 27, 1996, when he came through the crowd on WCW Nitro and debuted and uh, cut the great promo. We have it right here. Stay with us. And then also I should say, we have the in-ring promo, and then this video goes right to the promo that he cuts again at the end of the night um, before Nitro goes off the air. So it's just a collective of the two promos. Welcome back live to the first hour of this edition. Stream 85 plus. And they did it again with did the it damn again. ad. Stupid ads. A member of the Wolfpack. On the video jump. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you still get terrible. Yeah. Stupid YouTube. I, I watched these videos earlier to get rid of the ads. But apparently that didn't work. So if it goes to an ad again, I apologize. Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco. And we are taking a look at the mauler completely maul his opponent, Steve Dahl. Well, you know, Steve, Steve Dahl was trying to get an offensive going. Wait a minute. But, but what, the, what the hell but is going what? on here? But the mauler, well, he just got reversed right there. Oh, the mauler runs him down. What are you talking about? Look, look here. Well, What's what the hell? Wait a minute. Somebody give me a mic. I have no idea. Wait a minute. I can't believe it. I can't believe what I'm saying. You people. What's with him? 
You know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Are we going to get security here? Where is billionaire Ted? Where is the nacho man? That punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want, whenever I want. And where, oh where, is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop for you. When that Ken doll look-alike, when that weatherman wannabe comes out here later tonight, I got a challenge for him, for billionaire Ted, for the nacho man, and for anybody else in uh, WCW. <laughs> hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. Fans, I, what about the match? I don't know what to say. Randy Anderson's coming. Randy? Randy, what's going on here? What about the match, Randy? What what what's going? The match is match. Fans, we got to go to a break. I, the match left. I have no idea what to say. Stay with us. Jeez. WCW, and the only way to do that is you got to kick people's butts. You got to make enemies. All right, all right, all right. Hey, looky here. You wanted to say you got such. A big mouth. And we, we are sick of it. What do you mean, who's me? You know who. Hey, this is where the big boys play? What a joke. I tell you what. You go tell billionaire Ted, you tell him get three of his very, very best. Maybe, uh, maybe the Nacho Man. Oh, no. Hey, maybe, maybe he get the Stinger. Ooh, I'm so scared. You go get anybody you want, because we... What do you mean, we? We are taking over. You want to go to war? You want a war? You got one. Only, only let's do it right. In the ring where it matters. Not on no microphones. Not in no newspapers or dirt sheets. Let's do it in the ring where it matters. If, uh, if billionaire Ted and his big boys, if they got any uh, any guts, You're because over the line. we are coming down here. You're stepping over the line. And like it or not, not we 
are taking over. You're out of here. You're out of here. Pro Wrestling 120, the fastest 120 seconds in pro wrestling. Hey everybody, it's John, JCD DeMasselli of Kicking a Classic with JCD, back again for the PW120. Boy, what a difference a few weeks can make. We are on the road to WrestleMania, we are on the final stop, and as the news broke late this weekend, Cody in what was a surprise, not to me, but I guess there were people still holding out hope, Cody, it was revealed, signed his WWE contract as far back as 10 to 14 days ago, and is locked in and will be set Rollins opponent at WrestleMania. Whether or not Cody appears on Raw before then is questionable at best. I personally would not have Cody debut. I would maybe have a vignette air or a promo air on the Tron tonight as this is being recorded at 11.30 Monday morning. I would have a a promo air on the Tron tonight teasing it but not fully revealing it to be Cody. Have Seth go to the ring at WrestleMania and that's when Cody makes his physical return to WWE and and has his match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. A few things to keep an eye on. WWE has a panel at 11.30 Sunday night after Mania with a quote-unquote surprise guest. Expect that to be Cody. Cody will be on the Raw brand. Cody will also be, is scheduled for the April 4th post-Mania edition Raw. I would have him close that show. I would not have him open it. You're going up against the national title game. You might as well have a big draw for that. I would have Cody close that show without question and the prodigal son is back let's see what happens i expect cody to go over seth rounds at mania and then i'm it would be interesting to see what direction cody takes post mania for the pw120 i'm john jcd demicelli thank you jcd and we will hear from you next week as he previews wrestlemania so Prod- prodigal son, the yeah okay. the the nitro debut of Scott Hall, which changes the business, changes the way guys get paid, changes the way that uh, you know WCW does television, which then in turn changes the way that WWF does television, which leads to the last big boom. Uh, it all changes and it all starts with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash defecting from WWF to WCW. So that right there needs to be the number one moment in the career of Scott Hall. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And uh, one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest moments in professional wrestling history, like you just sort of laid out there, changed the entire direction of everything. You know, with every, Scott Hall was a huge part of it. You can talk Bischoff, Nash, Hogan, all of them also playing a part, but it was Scott Hall who was the first one who uh, interrupted that match on Nitro and uh, man, we were, as fans, that was one of the best things that could have happened for us, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, it, that set the tone for the next five years. So that was, that was fantastic. In a personal Scott Hall story, my godmother, who was my mom's best friend uh, growing up, 
and through life, um, worked at a restaurant called the Pine Grove, which was right down the street from the Rosemont Horizon, where a lot of the wrestlers would go after WWF shows at the at the Rosemont. And she was working one night when they had a WWF show. I was not at that show, but um, after the show, they guys went to some talent went to the restaurant. My godmother happened to be one of their waitresses. And she said to me that Razor Ramon did not talk like he does on TV, but Macho Man did because he was there as well. But she told me that Razor did not talk like he did on television. And that was my first real uh, glimpse into something might, this might not be on the up and up. Okay. This, this might not be a shoot. Uh, that was my first real exposure uh, was my godmother uh, being a waitress for Scott Hall and um, I'm sure Diesel. I don't know who all was there, but I, you know, she just gave me the report the next day that uh, Razor did not talk like Razor talked on television, but Macho Man did. So that's my own little Ooh, personal. Yeah. Yeah. That's my own personal. Well, Macho always Scott had that story. deep yeah. voice, though. Yeah. Like it. You know, met Savage whether he that's his, his rap, whether it's his real voice embellished a bit or whatever it might be, you know, if you can talk like that, I would talk like that all the time. <laughs> I don't care if it's real, fake, whatever. I would never not talk like that. I could be at a freaking funeral with a bunch of kids and I would be like, yeah, you see what happened here. You know, that's what I would do. I don't care. I would never stop. A <laughs> uh, few other quick things, guys. Uh, I wanted to just throw out there. One of my, another favorite Scott Hall moment of mine, um, kind of whatever, maybe not really a Scott Hall moment, more of a Sean Waltman moment, but was that, uh, that May 93 upset uh, when uh, one, two, three kid uh, or lightning kid, whatever it was called, yep. upset him. That was pretty yep. cool. Put over his friend. I believe I, I don't want to talk for Sean Waltman, but I believe that probably he probably owes Razor his career for doing that for him. I don't see how else uh, that guy would have got over very well other than running with those guys in some other fashion. But that really put him out there. And uh, believe it or not, Scott Hall was never in a Royal Rumble. Did you know that? Did not know that. Did not know that. Razor, Razor Ramon was in one Royal rumble razor ramon the fake razor ramon who has also passed away but uh scott hall uh, or him as the razor own character had never been in uh yeah. just uh, a few little facts but you know what i gotta say uh th- th- scott hall was probably one of my all-time favorites um he did a little bit of everything um he, maybe he wasn't the greatest at everything promos in ring whatever it might be but he did just enough of everything to kind of make this sound solid wrestler who was just marketable. You you wanted to watch him. You turned it on when he was talking. You turned it on when he was in the ring with his entrance. Uh, you know, everything he did, he was just cool as hell. He will be missed. And like I said, it's just a huge, huge entity in the wrestling business from our youth that has died here. And, uh, you know, it, uh, I'll, be, I'll be going back and watching some more of his stuff here just to pay some tribute, man. It was, it was, it was great times. It, it definitely... It was great, and like uh, Ford said, probably I don't I don't think we'll ever get a boom uh, like we did uh, back then. Uh, regardless of how many wrestling companies are there uh, in the United States or the world, it's not going to be the same. Um, but Razor Ramon definitely, probably, arguably in the top five uh, characters 
of all time for certainly in the top 10 characters of all time uh, in the wrestling business for sure. You say Razor Ramon. People that don't watch wrestling probably know who you're talking about, um, at least uh, the character-wise. Yeah, I mean, the guy could go. Uh, he could talk. He had uh, a presence. He could, you know, own the room. And as you probably saw a lot on social media, he was cool. Even when he got soaked with a, a soda or a beer on Nitro, he turned it around. He you know faced the camera and styled his slicked his hair back with his soaking oh, yeah. wet soda head. Uh, Scott, <laughs> what's that? I was just laughing. It's, yeah. it's hysterical. He didn't miss a beat with that, man. No. He didn't get pissed off. He didn't get rattled. He didn't get shaken. He no. just went ahead with it. Yep. You know, whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, it's sad to, uh, you know, just to bring up, you know, I'm sure you guys have all seen, and I don't know if we want to bring it up even here, some of that house shows he showed up, you know, inebriated to some of those. I didn't like how they exposed his uh, alcohol problem on WCW at one point, and also at some of these house shows, that producer, that uh, promoter that made him go out there inebriated, uh, uh, you know, you feel he felt for the guy. He had some demons, and uh, it sucks the way he went out. But you know, he he uh, he 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 recovered well with DDP and everything else. And you know, just it was great to follow him. And I was rooting for him to keep going and, and keep getting better. But unfortunately, uh, things happen in life, and there we are. Uh, from the the getting in the ring to doing like the the stomp stomp, and then the eye the arms going out, uh-huh. uh, the toothpick people people flick toothpicks. <laughs> because of Razor Ramon, the Hey Yo, the 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 Chico, uh, he was cool. He came up and he created things that you know still get used and still get talked about, uh, and are still a part of uh, vernacular. And um, yeah, he is a pioneer, and um, he revolutionized the business, and. It's a shame that, uh, like Madness said earlier, that the original three NWO are not whole. And, um, yeah. So, uh, rest in peace to Scott Hall. We know now that he doesn't have to suffer anymore, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, And and, in a way, I'm glad that uh, his demons didn't get the best of him. And uh, I'm glad he didn't die because of a drug overdose or uh, anything like that. I know it's unfortunate that blood, a blood clot had to be the thing that took him out, but uh, I'm glad that it wasn't uh, an overdose because for a long time there, it felt like um, an overdose was going to be the thing that got Scott Hall, uh, but he was always able to kick out and come back. And uh, yeah, so uh, rest in peace, Scott Hall. All of us from Mark's side of the ring are going to miss you, and we're going to have to, you know, Pay tribute to you by by watching your stuff and and obviously hopefully we did uh, some kind of justice tonight uh, with this show and uh, madness. We're back next week. We're going to do some stuff um, WrestleMania, but we're not doing modern day WrestleMania. We leave that to JCD and the Pro Wrestling 120, the fastest 120 seconds in pro wrestling. We leave that to him. Instead, what are we doing from WrestleMania? I think we're going to do. The uh, I think we're going to watch Rock Hogan next week. So, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, for Madness, for mm-hmm. Vegas, I'm Dick Ford. We'll see you guys uh, next week for our, our WrestleMania episode where we're going to watch Rock Hogan. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, next week. I'll leave you with this. One last 
Scott Hall moment that will live forever. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. (laughs) 